0: this show is a little off the beaten track and it may be unexpected and surprising so taste it and enjoy we've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people i only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a much. oh boy here we go are you kidding me out of the gates this is not happening by the way what title would you
1: do? mary poppins practically perfect in every way I ain't like a pig.
0: Hold on. You are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me thumpers. They call me thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar, episode number 83 of our fun little magic show. I hope you guys are having a wonderful Christmas season. Got a great show for you coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about Christmas. Actually, a lot about Christmas and one of our favorite Christmas movies. We'll get to that in just a moment. Don't forget, you can find the show on Apple, iTunes, Podcasts, whatever they call it. Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and all the finer places where podcasts are sold, bartered, traded, and so forth and so on. Again, Christmas is in a few days, guys It is crazy how fast Christmas has come up I know, I know for some reason they keep it in the same day every year And uh, I keep, for whatever reason, around December 20th or so I look up and say, oh, Christmas is December 25th I don't know when they changed that, but there it is Yeah, it's in a few days, I hope you guys are ready for it I hope you guys are ready. I hope all the presents are all wrapped up, and I hope you guys aren't struggling too much to find everything that you need to find. I still have a lot of shopping to do. I'll do it over the course of the next day or so before Christmas time, before we open the presents, but uh, we'll get there. I hope everybody on your end is very safe and happy and warm and comfortable and all that good stuff as you celebrate uh, Christmas. And, of course, celebrate the birth of our Christ. Uh, That is the reason for the season. Not to use a cliche, but... It's, it's a cliche for a reason, the reason for the season. Great show coming up here, folks. We are doing something a little different today, something I've been wanting to do for a little while. We're going to do a little segment we like to call The Clamshell. Now, what does Inside the Clamshell even mean? What is a clamshell? Well, you'll find out about that in just a few minutes. We're going to do a deep dive into a Classic Disney film, The Santa Claus. My friend Clay is going to come on with us. We're going to talk Santa Claus for about forty-five minutes or so. The ins, the outs, the ups and downs, uh, the good and the bad about that great movie. It's a fun movie. Uh, I know it seems we're going to like, well, like we're going to jank on it just a little bit, but let me tell you, we both really like this movie quite a bit. So don't uh, don't take our criticism too harshly as we have fun with it. I will warn you, there's a spot in the episode where we do make a comment about the incident that happened with the movie uh, sometime in the nineties. There was a a uh, a number listed in the original cut of the movie that fans were calling, and it was almost the same as calling a one nine hundred number. Now we don't get very we we don't get at all explicit or into specifics about what that number is and what it means and so on. But just parents, just so you know, we do reference this just in case you hear us come hear it coming up. You can make the right decisions, speed ahead or listen. I, I think you're okay, but I don't want to catch you off guard. And now that that's out of the way, without further ado, here is our very first segment of Inside the Clamshell. And welcome to the very first segment of inside the clamshell that's what we're calling this little segment here we're going to talk about a disney movie we'll take a a classic disney film live action animated or whatever and uh, kind of just break it down we'll have somebody on with us we'll talk about the movie and just uh, kind of go from there and on with us right now my good friend clay calling from michigan and uh, he he and i've known each other for a while we're both disney fans and we're going to talk about the santa claus clay how you doing
0: I'm doing great. Now I have to ask, not at at the risk of being like the you know the okay boomer guy, do do you need to explain the clamshell for some of your younger listeners? You know,
1: that's probably a good idea. Clamshell is back in the there was this thing called VHS, oh. and uh, it, it was played in a machine called a VCR. Now, don't 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 lose yourself on the acronyms. Don't get <laughs> too involved in that. But a VC, uh, VA, VCR VHS, and uh, the tapes would come in these large oversized white packages, basically. It was, like, plastic. And instead of, like, the little slip covers or whatever, and a lot of Disney classic films were released like that. A- a- Aladdin and Lion King, Little Mermaid, things like that. And a lot of the live-action movies did as well, and they would kind of take up extra space on your shelf. And, uh, you know, so they were kind of big and large and cumbersome, but they were called clamshells. They had this distinct opening that when you open one, it kind of made the kind of sound and you know the tape yeah. was inside it, it really too much packaging I think nowadays I think that would be frowned upon because so much packaging would be you know wasteful to the environment but the, those are the clamshells and I mean how, did you have a lot of clamshells back at, at the house in the young clay days?
0: You know I, I did I mean we definitely were we were definitely renters. You know, we were, you know, in the, in the early days of the video store, you know, we liked renting the videos, but that was, that was a very, the clamshell was a very satisfying part. I don't know if, if what it was like at your video store, but like the one we'd go to, uh, shout out to uh, Universal Sight and Sound uh, circa like 1989, um, they put everything in, they had these brown clamshells. They were all exactly the same and they were brown and you'd go, if your movie was in, it would have like a little three-by-five card on the shelf, and you'd take the three-by-five card up to the desk uh, when you checked out, and then they would go get the clamshell and uh, you know there was always that moment where you'd have the stack that you were renting. They all they all looked the same because they were all brown. But then they'd open each one to make sure it was the right tape inside. And I could still kind of hear that sound of the of the clamshell popping open and then kind of squeaking shut as they were uh, getting your stack together to go home and watch.
1: So was it true, like a true clamshell, like actual form, just brown, or was it kind of like that the like brown plastic case? That went over that that was just a little bit bigger than the actual VCR tape itself, but not quite as large as the clamshell. I mean was it was it that? No it, one? Was,
0: it was more it was more like what it was more like what you would what you would buy the tape Interesting, in okay. yeah more of the full size of uh, what you would buy the tape and um, it was just it was just generic. it was just blank and then it was just like a brown like faux leather look is what it looked like
1: nice well we had choice video down in samson alabama and uh they, they had kind of the some some of the same stuff kind of the but they had the the uh the clear shell the clear cases right the vcr tapes and they were plastic and everything that's what you'd go home and go home with the tapes in and uh you know you'd see the tapes from there and they had all the yeah that the that shelf. was
0: that was like highfalutin blockbuster type stuff in, right in my right
1: insurance. choice nothing but the best of choice video hey did you want to give a plug for universal sight and sound up there in michigan
0: you know what i think they probably have been closed since like 19 uh, 19- yeah 91 or something but i remember that was young uh, uh, a little shaver uh in his life kind of aspired to the uh, even before that i knew that it was the the quentin tarantino or the kevin smith route to to movie to movie fame uh i remember a young me going oh what a sweet gig it would be to work at the video store
1: Right, because so. you could watch movies all day. You'd pop them in the overhead television, mm-hmm. and you had access to free Cokes. Probably it's not free, which uh, little funny story. My, uh, my co-host on the Deuce Cast Movie Show, which you have been a part of many times, yeah. uh, Michael, he actually got fired from a blockbuster because he stole a Coke. Uh, he actually, and I believe him, what he says is he intended on paying for it the next day. He just pulled it out of the, uh, out of the refrigerator and yeah. took it home and drank it. When he came back, he was like, oh, I don't have a job I'm anymore. How
0: about that? <laughs> I'm thirsty now.
1: That's right. I'm, I'm very thirsty now. So, you know, these aren't free cooks. So yeah, well, we're going to talk about the Santa Claus 1994. It's a classic movie from Disney. Um, about an hour, 40 minutes or so. Tim Allen back in his, his heyday of uh, home improvement. We'll kind of get to the, to the full cast and everything in a minute. But uh, first, first thoughts on the Santa Claus, just kind of from you, like uh, how, uh, how long has it been since you've seen it? When did you watch it first?
0: Well, you know, we were before, before the mics went live, we were kind of briefly talking about, I asked, you know, is the, is the Santa Claus you you mentioned that you hadn't seen it in a while. And I said, Oh, is it not in regular rotation at your house? Uh, you know, my kids obviously uh, are nearly grown now where where you still got a little guy at home. This was a regular rotation uh, movie at my house. So this was, you know, this is a 1994 movie. My kids were born in 2000, 2002. So uh, this was, you know, this was right in there with, with Elf and, and some of the other ones later on Christmas vacation and, and things that we pretty much watched every year. And I, and I'm all of them. I think all, all three Santa Claus movies have been in pretty, pretty constant rotation. And it was actually the last time, speaking of your Deuce Cast movie show, the last time uh, we recorded, which was very recently, um, when I walked out when I when I walked out of my office where I was recording and went to the back room where my oldest daughter, who's almost twenty now, and and my wife were sitting, they had this movie on.
1: Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah. So now, how do they feel about two and three, or is it really just part one? They they kind of focus in on.
0: You know, we briefly had that conversation. I think the uh, I think the general uh, feeling is they one one is the the nostalgia of one ha- has their hearts, but. Uh, I think they liked, they, they both mentioned uh, the, the Martin Short character in three made that, gave that one some redeeming quality. And I believe my daughter's words were uh, that the little girl, is it Lucy? Uh, yes, I believe it is yeah, Lucy. That Lucy just gets perpetually more annoying as the movies <laughs> go on. So she's only tolerable in the first one.
1: And I told you before, before we started recording, I haven't seen the Santa Claus in its entirety front to back in probably 20 years. It's been a long time. And I'm familiar with the story. I know that, you know, Tim Allen, he is a divorced father and Charlie, his little kid, and they're kind of having back and forth with Charlie. There's no bad blood between him and his ex-wife played by Wendy Crewson. We'll get to her. And of course the aforementioned judge Reinhold, which we both love, <laughs> oh, of course. Um, you know, 80s stalwart of judge Reinhold. Um, you know, so that's the, that's the stepfather and you know, they have a good relationship, but you know, Charlie doesn't want to spend time with Dad. He doesn't want to spend time with Scott because he likes it better with mom and and, and, um, and Judge Reinhold's character. I can't think of it. Neil, I think his name is. Neil, yeah. Uh, yeah, Neil. And so, the, you know, he comes out. He, he has Charlie in his house and everything. And uh, then, you know, nighttime, overnight, they hear rumbling on the roof, which is a little strange because you think Santa Claus would be a lot quieter than this. And so, because <laughs> I don't, you know, this sounds like Santa Claus is being very just... Just absent-minded and, uh, you know, very just irresponsible. Being very thumping and yeah. making loud noises. Yeah, they, so the, they the
0: original, up. the OG Santa in this one is not a very redeemable character. He's kind of a clod.
1: Yeah, he really is. He's just, it's like maybe you know, it's so wh-
0: you're not gonna mi- maybe it's so you're not gonna miss him. I mean, keep in mind this is a movie that features the death of Santa Claus.
1: That's very true. That's very true because he goes out and Santa Claus falls off, falls off of the, uh, uh, falls off the roof. He lands on the snow. He, I guess he breaks his neck i don't i don't really know how I, santa yeah, claus no, dies there, there a heart be, attack but he dies there should
0: be an autopsy and there's we need to get some get somebody on this case we need csi north pole or something because yeah that seems a little innocuous for me and, and,
1: just- and charlie the little kid is probably what seven eight Six? I don't even know how, how younger. Yeah, is. Uh, and he's not really phased by the fact that Santa Claus, this the stalwart of his youth, this this being that he believes in, that you know we all believe in, bringing toys to billions across the world, just died on his front lawn. There's no like for for Charlie. It's like there's no oh my gosh, Dad. Charlie, Santa Claus just died. I'm I'm, I'm openly weeping now. It's more of a oh cool. There's reindeer on the roof, and the reindeer aren't bothered by the fact they just lost their main guy. Now they're going to get a new one. So apparently they're not too attached. Yeah. So anyway. You put, the cl- you put the suit on there's a little card in there that says the Santa Claus and as we find out later on the film in a very very tiny print basically says if you put this suit on you become Santa Claus like it or not which right. I think is kind of deceptive marketing because that is that's not just fine print that is really really fine yeah, print it's,
0: it's kind of a big deal
1: you know, it's a, I don't know if that would hold up in court or not, but you know, he goes on, he puts the suit on, he becomes Santa Claus. He doesn't want to admit and believe that he's Santa Claus. He goes to North Pole with Charlie, and, and of course, he's the whole thing is where he's like very just denying that it even happened for the for part of the movie, even though he spent an entire night in North Pole, which again kind of goes to that whole. And I've seen this in movies too, where people think that certain things are dreams. And, and I don't know how deluded you have to be to have an entire night of events that all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, oh, that must have been a dream. I I just feel like at some point there's a reality break that goes, you know what, this is not a dream. That wasn't a dream. That really happened due to the fact that I'm wearing Santa Claus pajamas.
0: Well, keep in mind, there's already some questionable decision-making going on because if you think about it, you know – if let's say you know i at the risk of being dark let's posit a hypothetical where you're you know you're you're strolling down the street and you see somebody unfortunately step out into the crosswalk and and they get hit by a car is your first instinct to put his clothes on
1: well, he does disappear. That is the, well, that is something there. He disappears. Uh, but, He's gone. Yeah, like, well, still. Uh, and of course, let's not to mention the fact that and I don't know how it is in, in Michigan. I, I we're not down in Alabama, we're not covered in snow all through the winter. I mean, we get a little you know, when snow comes here, it just it happens and usually it's more ice than powder. Right. But I don't know how responsible it is and how smart it is to go out into the snow in your bare feet and your boxer shorts with just a coat on. Do you do that? Have that is that something that you do and you know I mean, snowing like that? Is that comfortable
0: i don't I mean, know not, not recreationally but i mean you, you got you know you gotta you, you gotta run the garbage out or something it Wait, has that's to... true but do you do it barefooted though uh not not recent not recently i don't know i just feel like i put some pants on or put some shorts on or
1: something just uh you know hey you know it's 27 degrees outside i gotta run the garbage run to the end of into the driveway it won't be very long i'll be gone 45 seconds but it's yeah. pretty cold outside i'm gonna put nope. some clothes on
0: just and keep... we dismiss the idea that scott calvin may have had a serious cocaine problem
1: yeah, well, that's a Tim Allen problem more than Right? Exactly. Else, I don't-
0: that's what I'm thinking.
1: <laughs> I don't know how, the, how much that plays into the into the actual role itself. How much life plays into the actor Santa Claus, but to to finish up the movie, you know, he goes to the North Pole. He he be- discovers he's Santa Claus due to this little elf named Bernard, who's very kind of snippy and very like overworked. He's demanding of his little elves, and you know, um, a very uncomfortable situation where Scott's talking to one of the elves, and she says, "Here's my here's the cocoa," and he's like, oh, "This is fantastic," and you know, he asks how old she is, and she says something like, "Oh no," she says something like, "It took me." but 50 years to, to get it right or a hundred years or whatever, indicating the fact that she's very old. And, you know, he makes some comment and she's like, Oh, well I'm seeing somebody over and rapping. kind of uncomfortable, a little mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, whatever, not as uncomfortable as later on when he's in the park, because throughout the course of the movie, he starts getting Santa Clausy type, uh, type things happening to him. He grows the beard. He can't shave it. When he shaves it, it grows right back. The hair grows gray. He's gaining weight like crazy He's craving sweets and chocolate and stuff. He's becoming the form of Santa Claus over the course of the year and, you know, he's sitting in the park, and this little girl approaches him, sits next to him, tells him what she wants, you look up again, and there's all these kids sitting in his lap. You know, I just I don't know that's going to hold up now. In today's no. society, I'm not sure that's going to that's yeah. work.
0: I mean, I'd like to say 1994 was a different time, but it wasn't. It, no. That wasn't okay.
1: No, even then, like looking back on, you know, I, that's, that's my five-year-old, and he's sitting in some, guy, some big guy's lap. Mm. Guy looks, looks friendly enough, but why is he sitting in his lap? Yeah. We're not at Target. We're not at Disney. We're not at the mall. There is no line to meet Santa Claus. This is weird.
0: Yeah, no, I was, I was in college in 1994 and certainly made some questionable choices, but I, even I knew it was not okay to, to just randomly go to the park and let people sit on your lap.
1: So Christmas comes, he goes to Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving has to report to the North Pole and by this time he's accepted the fact that he is Santa Claus and he's going to tour the world, you know, with dropping off all, all the toys and stuff. And, you know, he, uh, uh, he is like with Charlie, the the judge, uh, Reinhold and Wendy Cruz and the mom and the stepdad, they have determined that. that calvin's crazy scott calvin is nuts Mm. and so he cannot be around the kid anymore they take away his visitation rights and so charlie ends up going with him anyway and you know they have they have him arrested and that whole brouhaha happens and of course he breaks out due to the elves the what is the the effective liberation flight squad or something like that that's the name of the elf squad that goes and i guess i guess they've done this before they've sprung santa from prison in previous iterations of, of santa's being and so they have the squad ready to go and they break him out um you know the, the police arrive everything happens and everybody discovers he actually is santa claus and he gets on the reindeer and he flies away and you know there's a warm happy meeting between the family and judge reinhold who is a psychiatrist which he's being told over and over he's not really a doctor uh he finally admits oh there is a santa claus and and through the course of the movie you find out that that mom and dad mom and stepdad actually they wanted like one thing they never got for Christmas, and that just made them not believe. And with Wendy Cruz, with mom, she was you – know, she wanted a, a – was it? Mystery, mystery date. date. It yep. a mystery date. It was a, an old-school game from like the 70s yeah. or 80s. Scott <laughs> – not Scott. Uh, Judge Neal wanted a weenie whistle.
0: And an awesome. oscar
1: meyer winnie whistle i'm not really sure that i've ever desired anything like a winnie whistle maybe no. I don't. i don't know his childhood maybe we do yeah. a santa claus prequel to discover maybe. neil's childhood but he got that for a yeah. little ball and he was like oh it is santa and he blows the whistle and
0: yeah not yeah. surprised not surprising he ended up a therapist yes
1: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so and I, I know it sounds like we're, we're crashing on the movie and we're really really no. not i enjoy this movie quite a bit i think this movie is a lot of fun <laughs> you um, know it,
0: it is i mean it's it's a fun it's a fun it's a fun holiday movie it absolutely you know hits all the holiday movie tropes but but yeah it's still it's still pretty pretty much innocent christmas fun
1: yeah exactly so uh, disney had gone through this uh don iteration where they did live action movies like crazy early in the 90s and they had some some movies that really like nowadays still resonate with people you know we're talking uh, the rocketeer newsies the mighty ducks honey i shrunk the kid um kind of flip it to the list here you know there were some duds you had blank check and you had mm-hmm. you know cool well no cool runnings is a big cool one races, yeah. um you know white fang white fang too maybe squanto wasn't as popular but angels in the outfield came out in 94, 1994 the santa claus was in 94 uh heavyweights came out in early 95 uh d2 the mighty ducks who a lot of people still they people like that movie came out in 94 mm-hmm. as well so that was a big deal back in the 90s nowadays not so much live action for disney's not just not that big of a deal you know they've they put out some in the last i don't know a couple of years but nobody really remembers million dollar arm and nobody really, yeah. really remembers mcfarland usa and the live action they're doing now is really mostly going to be like your your princess remakes of cinderella yeah, re- and
0: rebooting the animated stuff, things
1: like that you know the, the ones they've come out with their true live action like wrinkle in time was awful one of the worst movies i've ever seen in a very long time it's pretty terrible you know pete's dragon was out a couple years ago the bfg came out with steven spielberg that was kind of a bomb i don't know anybody that actually saw that movie or liked it you know and there's some remakes and such the finest hours which i have not seen i think that was the one with the uh with chris pine and the the coast guard i could be wrong about that
0: it's here's the question maybe for the for the kind of the disney and movie guy that you are it's like what they are putting out these days than quote unquote live action is, you know, the super CGI heavy stuff like wrinkle in time and stuff. Uh, you know, I guess I kind of miss just people, just character driven stuff like these, or, you know, Disney was always good for the sports movies, the mighty ducks and, and things like that. You know, you think there's will there ever be a time that they would go back to that or would they put that they have so many umbrellas now, uh at disney would they maybe put that out under something else or do those movies just not work anymore well i I don't know if they work or not
1: honestly but but i will tell you and maybe they don't but the last movie well they just released a movie called noel on disney plus so that's a live Mm -hmm. action movie where anna kendrick and um uh uh, bill Hader Hader are the the son and the the daughter of santa claus and Mm -hmm. bill has to take over and it's a cute movie i've seen it uh so that's live action Previously to that, I'm kind of scrolling through this list here and I'm looking for a film that doesn't involve heavy CGI or doesn't involve some sort of you know mystical effect like you know wrinkle in time or Nutcracker, which was also terrible. And I'm going all the way back to 2016 when a movie came out called The Queen of Cotway, which I know very little about. I've seen the trailer, that's all I know. Go back a little farther to find a movie that maybe everybody's heard of, and that goes that's the finest hours in early 2016. Um, beyond that, there's really not a lot. I think maybe the last true, real, um, live-action family film that came out was Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day in 2014. Mm. So it's been five years, and that actually was a great movie. I loved that movie, and I've seen that many times. Uh, but it, it really is kind of sad because Disney, I guess, they don't know how to capture that magic. Yeah. And maybe they're – and I don't know, and this is not an indictment on Disney, but I, I do feel like maybe they're in that situation where the people in charge are putting way too much – too much effort into the cgi and the visual effects and because you look at wrinkle in time and nutcracker both visually they're well nutcracker especially visually it's actually a very pretty movie it looks really really cool and everything it's just the story is awful it's just not a well-acted movie even wrinkle in time though some of the visuals on that were just terrible i just i didn't like either one of those films at they're actually were the two of the worst films i saw that year um and not to keep doubling down on these two movies but they're just so bad and it makes me sad because you know, we don't have a Santa Claus right now. We don't have a Mighty Ducks right now. We don't have something that, you know, 10 years from now we can look back on and go, that movie, that movie was fantastic. Oh, do you remember that movie? When that movie came out in 2017 or 2018, it was so good, like we do with the Mighty Ducks and Doozies and, and Santa Claus and stuff. And I'm hoping Disney gets back to that.
0: Yeah, come on, Disney.
1: Well, get with it, get with it. So this is Tim Allen's heyday. This is back in 94 whatever. He was kind of in the yeah. middle of Home Improvement, which I think Home his, Improvement was- It's
0: his first movie, right? If I'm not it's mistaken. His, yeah,
1: it's his first real film. Yeah. Um, and let me look here on, on the old reliable well, IMDb. Well, 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 while you're
0: doing that, while you're looking yeah. that up, can I give you a little kind of the head scratcher thing for me? Because let me give you a little bit of my, my history with Tim Allen. I mean, oh, yes, of- please no Tim Allen, but obviously being from, Dave said, in the intro, I'm from Michigan, from the Detroit area, which is where where Tim Allen's from and where he started. You know, 1994 was this movie. Now, the first time I saw Tim Allen on TV, on a screen, was not the first time I'd ever seen him. First time I ever saw him on a screen was he did this opening night at Rodney's place, which was a Rodney Dangerfield comedy special back in 1989. But I had seen him, the year before that at a comedy club i was probably too young to be at a comedy club but i was mm-hmm. really into stand up comedy as a as a young person and my family took me and tim allen happened to be we were at mark ridley's comedy castle in royal oak which was kind of tim allen's spot before he broke and i got to see tim allen and if if you don't know the lore of tim allen before he became Tim Allen super stand-up, who then became Tim Allen super TV star, who then became movie star, he was literally like one of the four or five dirtiest comics. Oh yeah, in in yeah. all of stand-up, exceptionally blue. Still has some jokes that fifteen-year-old Clay should not have heard <laughs> and still remember to this day. Um, so I saw him live then and was like, and then '89 came and. He did this opening night at Rodney's Place, did the whole Men are men Pigs bit. That led to his own comedy special, then another one, which led to Home Improvement and on. And all the time I'm going, you know, I'm a fan, but all the time I'm going, it's insane that this guy who was <laughs> making some very questionable Richard Simmons jokes at a comedy club that I was at in 1988 is about to be. I was about to helm this family movie in 1994. There wasn't that much distance. He'd already, he was already super dad on TV, and now he's about to be Santa Claus. So it was, a, it was an interesting five-year stretch in my relationship with Tim Allen.
1: That is, that's hilarious, and I, and I remember this too. And I'm glad you brought this up because, like you, I was a big fan growing up of, of stand-up comedians. Uh, you know, I saw Jeff Foxworthy, right? Like, the he Jeff was on Foxworthy that same joke. special.
0: That opening night around his place, Jeff Foxworthy's on that show too. Well, and I actually, remember it's it's the first YouTube time watch it.
1: I ever heard the redneck joke was when Jeff Foxworthy said, I have three, uh, three indications that you're a redneck. And he gave three things. And the audience went nuts. And this was kind of one of the first times, you know, he was still working that little bit out and everything. So one of the first times he'd ever done that. So Jeff Foxworthy, uh, you know, Tim Allen, Harry Anderson, uh, a lot of comedians, you know, early on Sinbad when he was first getting started. I, I love watching those on cable because I had HBO and Showtime in my room. So I would watch stand up on, on Saturday night. And I saw both Tim Allen specials. One, The first one was called Minter Pigs. And the second one was, was Rewire's America. And, um, I mean, good stuff. It, it, it's really funny stuff, but you're right. It is very dirty. I've, I heard Tim Allen use the F word multiple times in the stand-up. And, you know, when I'm 14, 13 years old, I'm like, that's so funny. And now I look back and I'm like, ooh, I don't want my kid to see that because that's just a little too much. Yeah. But, you know, he gets, um, he gets home improvement in 1991, and it kind of makes him a star. And you see he, he kind of bases, bases Tim Taylor, his character there, on that, uh, on you know his his stand up, basically. Oh, sure. He's the yeah. tool man. He's the 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 man. He's the the manly man. He's the one that goes oh, 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 like that yeah. all the time, which he does in the Santa Claus. And I caught that as he was mm-hmm. you know flying the sleigh. He was like, oh, oh, oh you know, which uh, which was hilarious. It's kind of a throwback, but this is right in the middle of his uh, home improvement, and kind of right in the right, right in the crest of his popularity because home improvement started ninety one went all the way to ninety nine. After the Santa Claus, and we'll get to Toy Story in a minute because that was the year after, but the, the live-action movies he made after that, Meet Wally Sparks. He, was a, he did a, a, a cameo on that. Jungle to Jungle, which I barely remember. Um, for Richer or For poor, I believe that was the one with Kirstie Alley. I could be wrong about that because uh, I think the, 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 the box cover on the VCR tape had them as the American Gothic characters with the pitchfork and the, okay. the, the bonnet. Um, he did Toy Story 2. Galaxy Quest, which I think was a big highlight for him. Then the movies after that, who is Cletus tout Joe, somebody big trouble. The Santa Claus Two. Santa Claus three Christmas to the cranks, the shaggy dog. So outside of Disney, not a whole lot of, uh, not a whole lot of success. And honestly with Disney, not a whole lot of success on some yeah. of these, because some of these were not very good. Wild hogs. I saw for the first time this past year, and that was a huge, huge box office draw. I made like $150 million, but it was not very well received by the, by the critics because it's not a good movie. It's actually kind of, kind of lame actually. Um, he and Travolta, I think, uh, William H. Macy and Martin Lawrence are in that in 2007. Right. So, really, Santa Claus and uh, the the Toy Story series are kind of his highlights in, in his early, I guess, his 90s career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, where he is now, he's what, well, Last Man Standing, I think, is, uh, is the TV show he's been on. I've never seen an episode yeah. of it. I don't know anything about it.
0: I've not either. I've heard it does well. I mean, it, I know it got canceled, but it got brought back. But I think yeah. it's. It's drawing a certain audience.
1: And so, you know, there's no, I'm not going to cry for Tim Allen in his career because
0: he's going to no, make a uh, bank
1: forever no, because, he's, you know, he's sleeping,
0: on, or, he's sleeping on piles of money. I think, yeah. he'll, I think he'll be fine. But it's, you know, it was, but it, so it was definitely a, I, I mean, I, I don't want to step on any of, uh, any of the research you've done, but apparently, uh, before they got this made, I guess the script had been sitting around for, for years, like since 89. A couple of stand ups had wrote the original script to the Santa Claus um i believe the original name was such a clatter and i guess it was close i read that it was close to production twice once with tom Selleck and once with tom hanks interesting yeah it seems like very different movie
1: i could see that i could see tom i could see tom hanks in that i you know what i actually think i could see tom Selleck in that before i could see tom hanks yeah. so that it would be really interesting um yeah, so there is the – and, of course, there is – and this is kind of a random – we'll just do a random fact section because there are a bunch of random facts to talk about. There is the infamous – and audience, please, I want you to know that I'm going to handle this with very – with care because this is <laughs> Disney. There is the, the spank me scene that was in the original film that is no longer in the film. On Disney+, Plus. it's not in there. I had to go look it up on YouTube. Uh, basically, at the beginning of the film – when uh, when the mom comes over and she hands him and she says, "Hey, call me if there's any uh any this is my call me at my mother's house or whatever uh, if there's a problem." Tim Allen makes a joke. He looks at the line. He says, "Oh, it says one in hundred spank me," and so he laughs. He's like, "Oh, I'm familiar with that number." And so in in Cleveland, Ohio. There is a grandmother who called it for her grandchildren because they were curious what that number actually was. And it turned out to be a number of ill repute where those who wanted to could call and hear favorable and pleasurable tones in their ears. And so (laughs) they got lots of complaints from that. Once it hit video and everything, they got tons of complaints because kids were calling this number. And so on the television broadcast, actually, it's 1-800-POUND which I don't know what one 800 D actually is. I didn't call it. Maybe I should, but I didn't call it to find out, but, uh, but that's what it changed. Or they just took it all together. Like I said, in the Disney Plus version, it's not even in there. I forgot that it, that even existed so I was looking up some stuff about Santa Claus, and I was like, oh yeah, the, I forgot about that. So Bill Murray also in mind for Santa Claus, with along with Tom Hanks and Tom Selleck. Uh, the role of Scott Calvin was written with Bill Murray in mind. Apparently, according to IMDb, um, Bill Murray declined saying he didn't think it suited his humor, and I don't think this would have been good for him because he was no. A couple of years off of Scrooge, and I think Scrooge was such a good character for him uh, with the Christmas Carol story. I don't know that this would have worked. Chevy Chase was also considered. I don't think Chevy Chase would have worked either. No. Uh, you know I, I, I like Tom Hanks. I, mean, I like uh, Tim Helen in this. like I said I could see Tom yeah. Hanks. I, w- I would have enjoyed a Tom Stolic version.
0: Well, it's kind of it's kind of interesting too, because where it doesn't where I think it doesn't work for Bill Murray is the dad stuff, like even though he's not a great dad in the beginning of this movie, um, you know, and it kind of gets the redemption story, Bill Murray, if you think about, you know, not to turn this into a Bill Murray podcast, if but if you think of the, the oeuvre of, of Bill Murray, not a lot of dad characters. No. Uh, so no. I don't know that he pulls off the, re, the redemptive part of the story, you know, Tim Allen, to his credit, You know, he's just, you know, he's the, he's TV's dad, you know, in 1991, 92, 93, you know, the Cosby show is gone. And so he kind of has taken the mantle of, you know, the dad on TV and he's not a good guy at the start of this movie. No, he's
1: really not. I mean, he's kind of a – I mean, he, he, you can tell he's somebody who wants to be a good guy. He sure. wants to be a good father, but he doesn't know how to. He's caught yeah. up in work. He just got an award. Just, and, and if you notice that with the award with the lady he was standing next to, he took over the microphone immediately to kind of praise himself uh, as well as the team. And so he's very self-centered, even though he wants to be a good dad. He wants to be a right. good guy and just can't quite pull it off. You know, but, And this is kind of – the movie itself as an overall arching story is kind of his progression of, uh, of being – you know, of being a better person. Like he grows throughout this by becoming Santa Claus. Right. Um, another fun fact for you too, Robin Williams also considered for the role of Scott Calvin, which I think would have been just way over the top. Yeah, too much. Probably. Yeah, this would have, would have done it. Um, another thing too, I, I was finding that if you look in there, there's a, a Charlie's sitting on the skateboard looking thing. Uh, it's got like eight wheels, four handle grips, and three boards. It's like this twisty kind of skateboard looking. It's like you bent the skateboard in half and added wheels to it. It's called a redboard. I don't know much about Redboards, but that apparently was the toy back in the 90s. I was a poor kid. I got nothing of the kind like that, but uh, Redboards was, was, was there. Uh, Harrison Ford also considered for the role of Scott Calvin in Santa Claus. So apparently, there was a long list of people that yeah. were, were out there. Patrick Swayze, Jerry Seinfeld was approached for it as well. Um, but, of course, everybody turned it down because it just it didn't work. Uh, is there anybody out there besides the, the Toms, Hank and Stella? Is there anybody out there that you thought maybe could have worked uh, as, uh, as Scott Calvin besides Tim Allen?
0: man, I hadn't really thought about too much, but to, I mean, of the time of 19, you know, probably shot at probably 93. I mean, he was probably the logical choice. I mean, I like to think, I mean, Tom Hanks probably could have done it. I mean, a lot of these people probably could have done it, but you're right. Robin Williams probably would have been too much. Um, you know, I, yeah, look, we can never sleep on Nicolas cage. I mean, he must not have been at, must not have been asked because he oh, certainly would have said oh, yes. Oh, exactly. <laughs> um, so now I mean, there's, there's, yeah. You know, I think Tim Allen was the, was the right call. I think it was, it was a little bit of a You know, he was obviously hot at the time, but first movie. This is a big movie.
1: Well, I'll, and I'll throw four more names at you, and then we'll kind of move on from the recasting. But uh, Kurt Russell, John Travolta, Michael Keaton, and uh, Patrick Swayze, all considered for the, for the role. I don't know if any of those strike your fancy. I think Michael Keaton would have been interesting.
0: Michael Keaton uh, probably would have been a good – I could see Michael Keaton.
1: I think that would have made, a, made an interesting play. But, uh, yeah, I like Tim Allen. Wendy Crewson also in this. She is Laura. She's the ex-wife, and she's the loving mother of Charlie. You know, And I don't know a lot about Wendy Crewson other than she was the, the, the first lady, I believe, in Air Force One, if I'm not mistaken. I'm kind of flipping through here. And uh, she's been acting a long time. She's got a very long list of credits uh that i have to get through here but air force one
0: yeah she was the first lady
1: yeah she was the first lady so she was in there uh as air force one um you know she her movies include sleeping dogs lie which i barely remember i want to say that has either dylan mcdermott or dermot Mulroney in it one or the other they might be the same person i'm not sure uh started with harrison ford again in uh, what lies beneath uh, wendy crusan not a name that you hear a whole heck of a lot she was also in the other Santa clauses as well not a name that i think people would re- would recognize i think millennials would be like who is wendy crusan but they know her. I saw her last in a movie called Kodachrome
0: with Elizabeth Olsen in
1: 2017 on Netflix.
0: But beyond that, wasn't she, I think, wasn't she the wife in the death wish reboot? She was. Yeah. She was. yeah I was just, no, no, she wasn't the wife. She was no, the, the doctor. Wife. Cause Elizabeth okay. Shue was the
1: wife with, uh, right. with Bruce Willis, but right, Jill right. Clavin's looking on IMDb. That here. was a of forgettable course, movie. Very forgettable movie. I enjoyed it at the time, but when I walked into the theater, I was like, I don't remember anything about what I just saw. Um, yeah. Can and I finally, ask one, can I ask a question yeah, about that
0: character though? The haircut. She what? had the she had the the Lord Farquaad from Shrek haircut <laughs> and I just I my daughter again I I walked in and my daughter watching it the other day and she's like dad the hair and she her she immediately jumped to is that just 1994 and I said no. I was in college in 1994 and that was not unacceptable I mean unless you are on the side of a paint can that was not an acceptable haircut in 1994 either just such a big choice for that haircut that
1: is hilarious like I you know I didn't actually think about it it's I'm a short hair fan my wife has short hair and I, I like short hair so I like was like okay it looks fine to me I mean I didn't no, really I'm, not saying, that it, I'm it. not
0: saying it looked bad but it certainly it was it was bold it was the, not of the 90s time
1: no. it, was a, it was of another era uh but hey she tried to bring it back so there you go or maybe. she tried to keep it there maybe I don't know I guess <laughs> Uh so uh judge Reinhold now uh, you and I are both around the same age you're, uh, you're you got me by a year or two or maybe 10 mm-hmm. I don't know but mm-hmm. um you know judge is kind of one of those he's one of those guys that kind of a staple of our childhood Sure and- I remember him from Beverly Hills cop. He of course was, uh, and this is not to steer anybody to this movie because it's not necessarily a, a good movie for children. Fast times. at was about high. He was Brad yeah. in a very famous scene in that he was in stripes with Bill Murray. Um, yeah. he was also in a movie called running scared, which by yeah. the way, that means there are now three running scared films from 1980. It was 85 one with Billy crystal and then one a few years ago with Paul Walker. So that's, that's apparently one title they keep going back to. Um, apparently you know judge reinhold was in gremlins as gerald uh the beverly hills cops films which we love um you know and then of course all the way up as the is the uh the stepfather in uh the santa claus and then of course he's been in a bunch of other stuff as well but any thoughts on judge reinhold how was he a part of was he a part of your childhood like it was with mine
0: yeah i mean he was he was the he was a video store all-star for sure i mean fa- between fast times at ridgemont high and uh and uh this movie and uh, obviously uh Beverly, the all the all three, all the Beverly Hills cops cop movies. Yeah, he was he was all over. And then what later on he did, which wasn't. I was a little bit. I think I had kind of aged out of it. But I remember after having kids, and then maybe some young kids that I babysat. Uh, big vice versa fans. Do you remember vice versa? Oh
1: yes, vice versa. That was eighty seven, I think. Eighty eight. Yeah. Was, was, was that, that was, was that the one with Fred Savage? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. and
1: for the for for those of you who don't remember, there was this like many movies happen to do where two or three of the same concept come out at the same time. You get your Deep Impact and your Armageddon and your Dante's Peak and your Volcano. Well, back in the late eighties, Big had come out, and it was right around this time when there was doing a whole lot of switcheroo movies where people are switching. You had Vice mm-hmm. Versa. You had eighteen again. I think. Uh, George Burns, George and Burns Charlie, yeah. Char- Charlie Schlatter, I think his name was. Um, you know, you judge Freaky, and Fred Freaky Friday, Freaky Friday had a remake of that had come out, and uh, so you had all these movies where people were switching up. But I remember vice versa with Fred Savage, and um, and that was eighty seven. That was several years before before Santa Claus had come out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 88, 88. So, again, a movie that I haven't, I probably haven't seen Vice Versa since I saw it on video when I rented it from Choice Video in like 1991. It's been a no. long time since. No,
0: you guys- I remember I, I was, I was 15, 16, 17. It was not quite my time, but I remember I had some younger cousins that I would always babysit for. And, again, on their stack of clamshells, Vice Versa was in regular rotation.
1: Uh, oh, oh, and also, uh, lest I forget, "Dream a Little Dream" with the Corys oh. also had to do with a little little bit of switcheroo there, yep. which I was a big fan of the Corys when I was a teenager. Uh, Corey Hayne was 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 awesome, and uh, you know, so very. By the way, a darker than you would remember it. I remember that movie yes. being a comedy, and it's not. It is a no. very, it's a very like dramatic movie. That's probably why it failed. Although it had a good theme song to it. So now, I
0: haven't I haven't pulled up his uh, I haven't pulled up his. IMDB, but the last time I really remember seeing him was around this time, was around, I remember he did a Seinfeld, an episode of Seinfeld early on, and you know, then the Santa Claus movies. Is he is he doing much now?
1: now he's been working all the way up till twenty seventeen. He was in
0: now a lot of these movies
1: I haven't heard of, and you may or may not have heard of. He was in a movie called Brad, Bad Grandmas in, in twenty seventeen. Uh, Swing Vote with Kevin Costner in two thousand eight. Okay. Um, and, and there's a bunch of stuff in between, and he's done a lot of TV work and things like that. He actually also appeared in uh, an episode of the Clerks TV series as the okay. Honorable Judge Reinhold uh, <laughs> in an episode entitled. Let me get this right. A dissertation on the American justice system by people who have never been inside a courtroom, let alone know anything about the law, but have seen way too many legal thrillers. That's the episode he was on, in case you need to go look that up. Yeah. uh, (laughs) You know, he played a part in Puss in Boots in 1999, which I don't think was the Shrek version of that movie. Um, I think that was probably some sort of, you know, live action animation film or whatever. But, yeah, he hasn't – I think Santa Claus has kind of been his, his last hurrah into big stardom. And, uh, aside from swing boat and I've never even seen swing boat. I know yeah. people who have, well, I'm sure Mikey has, I'm sure he has. Definitely. Uh, he was in a video version of Dr. Doolittle. So I mean, it's Santa Claus might be his, his triumph, his last triumph uh, as a big, uh, uh, now do
0: we, do we know if he's involved in the, you know, I know Eddie Murphy has uh Beverly Hills cop four listed as one of the, uh, comeback movies. Do we know if we're getting, we're getting Judge in Beverly Hills Cap Four. I would, I would
1: imagine so. I don't see it on his uh, on his IMDb as in production or coming. But I, what else is he gonna do? Right. <laughs> I mean, what else is he gonna do? And also, randomly, he's also the Honorable Judge Reinhold in an episode of Arrested Development as well. So, same character, two different series, which probably have nothing to do with each other. But no. it's just an easy name to work with. So, there's your Judge. Uh, yeah. And one more in the casting, we'll jump on real quick, and that is the 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 elf um bernard played by david Crumholtz, which yeah. if you don't know david krumholz anybody who watches cbs of any amount of time uh knows that he was on the show numbers uh so he was right. on that show for quite a while was it numbers am i, am I, am was, I right no, on
0: that he was he was yep. on numbers and he also i think was briefly on he must have a contract with cbs because i think he was also on that show mom
1: yes uh, mom and on uh, the good wife so he was on that show okay. as well as i'm seeing here um so, yeah, he's done a done quite a bit of work. Uh, he was in the newsroom for a little while. And you would know his face. I think if people saw him, yeah. uh, you know, saw him as a grown-up, now you know his face. And even as a kid, when I'm watching the movie, I, I had to look him up. And I'm like, oh, that I know that guy. I think I know that guy. <laughs> and so he's been in a bunch of stuff as well. Uh, and the kid uh, himself, Charlie, played by a guy, played by a kid named, uh, what's his name, Eric Lloyd. Don't know a whole lot about Eric Lloyd. He hasn't done a ton of stuff here Um again, relying on IMDb and is IMDb actually stops at 20 Well, 21 thing in 2017. Other than that it was 2012 and before a lot of TV work, he wasn't Batman and Robin as young Bruce Wayne. So there's something to probably try to hide from people because that movie was
0: awful. But kind of, I guess the, the, the you know, props to, to this kid, you know, cause there was that, you know, oddly there was that eight year gap between making the first one and the second one, but he booked all three movies. Yeah, I he mean, did. He did. Keep, of course, in the, the second kid- one, Cute little kid doesn't always translate to you know, a uh, teenage kid that can act. And, and he booked them all.
1: And it worked, worked well for the second one because he was a teenager who was vandalizing the school just to get attention. Right. So it worked really, really well. And, and one more I want to bring up, and because I remember being a kid and really liking her quite a bit. And maybe I don't think it was a crush on her. I just really liked her as an actress, as well as a you know, 13-year-old kid. And, and that is Mary Gross. Uh, Mary Gross, in this movie itself, is one of the – I believe the teacher – I think, uh, in right. this film, but she was in, uh, Troop Beverly Hills. Yeah. She was in a lot of really crappy movies that I remember seeing on video as a kid yeah. feds with a record of I think, De Mornay, I think a
0: season, a season or two of Saturday night live during the really lean years. I, I
1: think so too. 81 through 85. So yeah. yeah, she was in there. And so she was in baby boom, a lot of early nineties movies. that I remember of course, Santa Claus and mixed nuts. Um, done a lot of TV work since then. And, she's one of those i wouldn't mind seeing a comeback i would not mind seeing her make a comeback uh she was in raising hope a series in 2012 and far as i know maybe she's retired from acting i'm not really sure mm. but mary gross come back to us come on so, mary gross santa claus making 144 million dollars at the box office which was quite a quite a boom fracture for them huge hit i don't know that they expected it to make that much but it really hit really big uh internationally only made about 45 million This is back in 94 when unless it was a bunch of bombs and explosions it didn't necessarily make bank over overseas i don't know how it China uh, relates to the Santa Claus, but you right. know, made about 190 worldwide so far. Santa Claus 2 only pulled down about 140 million. And by the time you get Santa Claus 3, the Escape Clause, you're only looking at about 85 million dollars. It was kind of a, kind of a big drop off there. And I'm not, a, and I remember seeing the Escape Clause. I'm not a big fan of that one. I know Martin Schwartz in there as uh, what, Mr. Frost, I think his Jack name Frost. is Jack Frost. Jack Frost, and he's yep. the villain in that one. Um, just, I, it, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to stick with the first one and, and, and be yeah. satisfied
0: with so yeah. you know, I would tend I would tend to agree. Now, is there anything? I mean, I know we're not talking about the whole series here. We're just mostly talking about this first one, but with the success, I mean obviously it's kind of undeniable that, that this first one was successful. Do we know why there was an, it took eight years to to make a second one? I don't know why. I haven't looked at looked at that or seen that, but my guess would be
1: that Tim Allen was just too busy. My guess yeah, is that Tim to, Allen's just guy, improvement, yeah. just too much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, He had too much happening and everything. And uh, the, it, w- it was actually, originally, was Santa Claus 2 was originally called The Escape Clause, and they moved that subtitle to the third one. And I, and I remember it being called The Mrs. Clause, and I couldn't right. find anything that actually has that on there, but maybe that was just in the tagline or something, but I thought it was called The Santa Claus 2,
0: The Mrs. Clause. Right. I don't know yeah I always remember maybe that was just the commercial tag or something, but yeah when i when I think of Santa Claus 2, I always want to call it the mrs. Claus
1: so interestingly enough too, in Santa Claus two, Peter Boyle, character actor and legendary Peter Boyle, rest in peace, was played father Time, uh, but in 1994's the original Santa Claus he was Scott Calvin's boss, Mr. Whittle, So you see the same guy in both both movies, just huh. two completely different characters and so so a question for you if um, and I want to ask this of anybody that we that comes on to talk about an inside the Clamshell Shell movie if you were going to do a Santa Claus attraction at Disney, what would that look like? What would the, what, how would you put that together?
0: Hmm. Show
1: well, a ride, a, a presentation or.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think it's probably a, uh, you know, I think it's probably, you know, I, I'm always going to lean towards like the thrill, you know, a little a little bit more of a thrill ride because sometimes for, you know, I've, I go to Disney. I, I've enjoyed Disney very much as an adult and I have older kids now. So I'm always trying to think of attractions that they're going to love. Not that they don't love some of the things like, you know, my my older daughter loves the Frozen 2 sing-along, which you would think was for kids, but absolutely, positively loves it. But I'm going <laughs> to go with, um, we'll do something like, you know, maybe when you, you're you queuing through like the uh, the fa- the Santa's, workshop so you're seeing all the the audio animatronics and they've got the elves making stuff and all these things and anyway then you have to make that emergency delivery and then it becomes a thrill ride and you're basically riding maybe it's done in like the the soren style and you're basically in the sleigh and you're doing deliveries all over the world interesting the soren
1: style i like that I so, like that. Yeah. I was actually, I was actually envisioning something like a Winnie the Pooh kind of ride, where you get into the little sleigh, okay. kind of like a dark ride. We just like kind of go ride. through the different scenes and you mm-hmm. know over the mountains or whatever. But I like your idea because that would allow you to go through different parts of the world. It yeah. could be like sword and Christmas, basically. Yeah. Uh You know, a Santa sword where in different parts of the world you, you you land in shiny, you land in whatever, and you know, drop off the gifts and stuff. Not a bad idea. I like yeah.
0: that. So the orange groves, they pipe in some of that uh, reindeer smell.
1: Yes, yes, you could do that. Reindeer poodoo, as Star Wars fans would call it. (laughs) Any other thoughts on the Santa Claus before we kind of wrap up? Um, I know we probably talked more about this movie than anybody in history has talked about this (laughs) movie, but
0: uh, any thoughts on it? I mean – again it's a fun if you if you've not seen it it's definitely it's definitely worth a watch uh, if you got the disney plus app i do have a couple of questions and just kind of this applies in general it does you know it kind of hits these holiday tropes and i was interested to get your take on it um one thing what's the deal with why do you so many christmas movies end with like police storming a place
1: you know that's like a I, good question christmas vacation had the same thing didn't they
0: yeah, an, elf. They, have oh, an the, elf. they have the police in the park, obviously Die Hard. Uh, but, you know, yeah, there's some type of standoff with the police at the end of so many Christmas movies. I,
1: you know, I don't know. I, I do not, but that's a good question. That's a good, Maybe they want to get the police involved. It's a festive time. The police are, you know, they're working 24-7. They're working around the clock, so maybe they need to get involved as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you yeah. know. But but that does bring me to another question that I have on this one. Uh, and And you might be able to kind of address some of this too. It's interesting, and I've, I'm glad I've, I'm glad you said that because I this is a point that I wanted to get to before we ended the episode. Um, it's interesting that when you watch any movie with Santa Claus, every movie has a different interpretation of how Santa Claus delivers gifts to a billion children all over the world. Right. Now, this one, Santa Claus doesn't really address how he does it all over the world. He does address how they get down the chimney. He somehow shrinks to go through the chimney, uh, and the, the the gifts shrink and everything, and, they, and he uses them like a balloon. He floats to the roof. He goes into the chimney. Where there's not a fireplace, a fireplace opens, like a walk-out fireplace, a massive right. fireplace, like a wood fire oven breaks out. And one house he comes out of, there's like, not just the fireplace opens, but suddenly it's decorated where there's like candles on the wall and there's stockings on the wall. and like a little bookshelf over here. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Another movie that I remember, uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies, a, a TV movie called The Night They Saved Christmas from like 1984 with Jacqueline Smith and Paul Lamatt And their interpretation was... Um, was that Santa Claus slowed time down to a very infinitesimal like okay. amount of time, where he had time to go all over the world, which still would make for an exhausting night, even if you have all right. the time in the world? Uh, do you do you off the top of your head? Do you know of any other like interpretations of how Santa Claus does it? I don't remember how Elf does it. How the, the Santa and Elf does it?
0: I think he's just. Do, I mean, he's just doing it. They don't really cover how much how he covers so much ground. I know in Elf, it's just mostly uh, that. I, the big conceit that you don't necessarily see in other movies is that the reindeer's the the sleigh fly is based on christmas spirit so when christmas spirit is low or people don't believe that's why that's when they can't fly so the more you believe but uh yeah i you know what it's 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 odd i i this was something i thought of and this isn't necessarily someone i saw someone post this the other day and it was interesting and it's kind of as far as the whole santa thing in movies there's a there's this odd trope where if we, if we accept that we accept in some movies that Santa is real, that there's a real Santa yet there's always parents um, or adult characters that don't believe in Santa yet. How do you explain that Santa's clearly been giving your kid gifts for years? Cause in this universe, in this universe we're accepting that Santa is real and bringing your kid's gift yet. You don't believe in him. So what's up with the gifts, like you,
1: like as a parent, you go downstairs and you see your kids opening these gifts, quote unquote, from Santa. Yeah. But in your, in your mind, you're thinking, I didn't give that gift. Yeah. Right? Did you bring him that? You didn't? Yeah. Where yeah. did if, that, where did that, you know, and it's not, some of these things aren't very small. I mean, Santa exactly. Claus delivers a kayak in one of these, one of these scenes. Yeah. And that's something that I think my wife and I would come downstairs and wonder, honey, how I'd, did our kids get have a kayak? I'd have questions.
0: I'd have questions for sure. But these people are like, nah, no Santa. So I that, that's 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 a big that's a big head scratcher.
1: Well, and plus you've got the little girl who wakes up and sees Tim Allen as Santa, and right. of course she's talking to her parents the next morning, going, "He was in our house," and you know you look around and you might see, I mean, there's again there are presents there that he did not that the parents know they didn't give him. There's a the little doll and whatever, and so yeah, I'm 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 probably calling the cops, going, "Yeah, there was somebody in our house last night, and he made our daughter think there's a Santa Claus, and this is bad," and so. Exactly. That's a good I, point. I've never, yeah. you know, I never thought about that. You've ruined Christmas for
0: me. I'm sorry. I'll make it up for you. I'll make it up to you. Cause I got an idea. I'm going to give this to you. All maybe, right. You, maybe you can write it and, and submit it to Disney plus because here's my idea. This is what I thought of when I was, uh, when I was rewatching this movie to have this conversation today, you know, what, what if we expand like this Santa Claus averse, so to speak, you know, where Disney is, you know, Disney Marvel star Wars is big into like this universe building. So, we accept in the Santa Claus that basically, if Santa dies, you put on the suit, you got to be Santa. So, it's got like a Highlander esque vibe. You know, there, there can, can be only, only be one. one. Exactly. Yeah. So, let's do like a Mandalorian like series where we go back and we trace the roots of different Santa Clauses over the years and how they, how they got ended and how someone took over.
1: The Santa Lorian. Yeah. Like this. Thank you. I like it. Write it.
0: Get to writing.
1: Not bad. You know what, Disney? Let's get on that. Let's get on. And that's a that's a freebie from Clay. Just uh, well, when it premieres, throw his name there. at the very end of the credits. Let's call, that a, let's call
0: that a Christmas gift. I like that. The
1: Sandalorian coming to Disney Plus next season. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Clay, this has been a delight talking about the Santa Claus. A fun, fun movie, and I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you were able to talk about it and uh, share some experiences with that movie. And you know, I I enjoy it. I really I really like this movie yeah. quite a bit.
0: It's worth, a, it's, you know what, it's worth a watch. It's good. It's good fun. And if it's not in your rotation, if you're anything like I am at my house with Christmas movies, we have a pretty tight rotation. And it's nice to sprinkle one, a different one in every once in a while. I mean, you can only watch elf so many times.
1: Yeah. I'm not a big fan of elf. No? I, I'm, I'm the one person in the world that I'm like, eh, it's okay. It's just, it's, I'm not crazy about it. Like everybody else. It's got, eh. this, it's got great moments. I mean, I sure. like the to you know, sit on the throne of lies part and it, it's got some funny stuff. And sure. But, uh, but overall just, it's, not a fan. I'm just
0: what's your, what's now again not to sidetrack, but yep. maybe end it this way. So, what's yours? I would say I would say Elf okay. is my family's Christmas movie. It's the one we watch most. What's the one that's on most at your house?
1: Well, honestly, because we have a kind of a different dynamic with our kid sure. not <clears throat> caring that much about TV, uh, Hallmark is the stalwart of our family. That is what okay. my wife watches twenty four seven. She loves Hallmark movies, Hallmark Christmas movies. I've seen enough of them to know exactly what happens in all of them whether it's Lacey Chabert, Candace cameron Bure, <laughs> or Dana, Danica McKellar, you know, I know what's happening, which my, my theory is, my thought is, and, and <clears throat> I told Steph this, and she just rolled her eyes, but you might appreciate this. I think you should do a world-building in Hallmark, Ooh. where you have each of these, these characters in their own movies, you know, like Danica and Candace and Lacey Chabert, <clears throat> uh, and, and – they come together in one super film where they have to put their combined efforts together to save a town, uh, to help celebrate Christmas and whatever. They and maybe they make it a three hour event or something like that where they're oh, all three together. Okay doing this super mom thing of yeah. saving this, this desperate town uh, in somewhere in New Hampshire or Vermont, where Rich of course is the best. Of course. Uh, that's somewhere where
0: you would get syrup,
1: you know, some sort of Hallmark averse. I think this yeah. would be great. Yes. Like, no you know,
0: Hallmark I, Avengers. I love it.
1: You know, I think this is, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. The Hallmark Gingers. Uh, yes. we'll, we'll work on the title. Yeah, we'll yeah, work yeah, on no,
0: that's a work in progress, but the concept is solid.
1: But yeah, I think that, I think this should happen. Hallmark. That is for you. Disney. You know what? Pick that up. You got money. Get get Danica, Lacey, and uh, Candace out of the contracts and, and put them on Disney+. I think that would uh, work. No, for us, I think, like, I love Christmas Story. I love watching that the 24 hours of a Christmas Story. We'll just leave it on and let it play all day long. Uh, I'll catch b- bits and snippets of it as I go by, maybe watching the entire movie <clears throat> combined once or twice at the, through the entire day. Um, you know, but otherwise... We don't have a lot of Christmas movies going on because my, the way my kid watches TV, you know, he watches different things or whatever. But uh, I would say Christmas Story and, you know, we like the classics. I'm a big fan of Meet Me in St. Louis. I don't know if you want to call okay. that a Christmas movie or not, but sure. big fan of that. But, uh, but yeah, um, and we just kind of, you know, I'll stop on Scrooge. I'll always stop on Christmas sure. Vacation. Uh, I'll always stop on Lethal Weapon or Die Hard, you know, <laughs> so the Christmas classics. Yeah, there you go. No. All right, Clay, uh, I don't know if you have any plugs. I know we used to have a podcast, but now you don't. It's been gone for a couple of weeks now. But uh I you know, don't. I don't know if you wanted to plug anything or had anything to throw out there no, to the, you to know, the I'll
0: use, I'll I'll use my thirty seconds of plug time to plug uh your service. We are at the time we're recording, we're six days away from leaving uh for a Disney vacation, the third that Dave uh helped us book. So Woo-hoo dave's travel service uh when you can he really does i booked it myself which wasn't that difficult disney's very good at it but having an expert in your corner makes it just that much easier that much less to think about so so i'm using my plug time uh for magic on a dollar
1: that's a great commercial man i appreciate that all right clay thank you so much for for coming on the show merry christmas merry christmas and that's going to do it for this episode here of the Magic on a Dollar Podcast. Much thanks again to my friend Clay Shaver uh, for coming on the show, for giving me an hour to talk about one of the movies that his family loves and one of the movies that, you know, I, I really enjoy. I do. Hope you guys had a good time with this. Hope you learned a little bit and had, uh, had some fond memories of watching the movie itself. Uh, I know that a lot of people do love this movie. It's, it's fun because when we do the uh, tournament, the movie tournament every year, um, the March tournament on the Disney On a Dollar page on Facebook, which is one of the places you can find me, Santa Claus always gets a lot of votes when we try to determine your favorite movie of the year. Um, a lot of votes for Santa Claus, and uh, I think I think it's going to happen this year, too. Find me on Facebook, Disney on a dollar. Find me on Facebook as well, Magic on a dollar. The Disney page is my Disney page. The Magic page is our fan page. I'm on Instagram and on Twitter as well at Magic on a dollar. And, of course, your Disney travel planning needs, I am right here just for you, working the week. So if you have a gumption on Christmas, say, you know what? I want to start talking about a trip. Shoot me a message. You can shoot me a message on Facebook or send me an email at, magic on a dollar at gmail.com. I'd be happy to talk to you. I'll get back to you when I can, especially through the holidays. But uh, definitely love to help you put that together. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas week. Next week we're going to have on my friend Jennifer Novotny. She's going to come on. We're going to do a Disney in review for the year. We'll talk about twenty nineteen and kind of give a scope of what's to come in twenty twenty. That's coming up next week. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hope you guys come back next week and we'll see you soon. Don't forget, have a merry Christmas, have a happy holidays, and don't forget to thank a Phoenician.
0: Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic on a Dollar, Facebook at Disney on a dollar, and of course, MagicOnadollar.com. See you real soon.